Hey, I'm Jack Rodolico, and this is Stranglehold. Last night's first-in-the-nation primary in New Hampshire, it had something for everybody. There was a winner. Thank you, New Hampshire! There were losers. Tonight is not the outcome we fought so hard to achieve. There was an underdog story. Well, there are still ballots left to count. We have beaten the odds every step of the way. These are exactly the sorts of stories that defenders of the primary use to make their case that New Hampshire is the place where presidents are made, a state that deserves to go first. But there is one story from last night that doesn't quite fit that narrative. Can you tell me why Joe Biden's candidacy is important to the stranglehold, as we've talked about the stranglehold on this podcast? Well, if you were to look at Joe Biden's campaign in terms of prominent supporters, the Biden campaign is really full of people who've been around for a long time. And some of them have been intimately involved in fighting to keep it first or have benefited um, due to their positions because New Hampshire is first in the calendar. So we've got a lot of people supportive of Joe Biden who really like New Hampshire being first. Political reporter Josh Rogers and producer Maureen McMurray were out late last night reporting from Biden's campaign headquarters in Nashua, New Hampshire. They were there for NHPR's live election night broadcast. And while they were there, they witnessed a scene that for Josh, who's been covering politics in the state for 20 years, thought was pretty out of the ordinary. So here it is. Hey, Josh. How's it going? song's a little appropriate. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know when they're doing this. Like, you know, Governor Lynch is just, like, wandering around saying the same sorts of things to everybody. Just like, he did all he could. Like, you know, it's time for him to go to South Carolina. Like... You know, you know, there's like nobody here. Set the scene at the Biden camp tonight. You know, it was an odd scene. You had, um, I mean, you had the trappings of a victory party. You walk in, um, it's a function room. There's a dance floor. There's a podium. There are American flags. There's a Biden sign on the podium. Catered bar. You know, it's supposed to be a victory party. Uh, it was planned to be a victory party. Uh, by the middle of the day, Joe Biden was on a plane to South Carolina. He didn't even stay for the victory party. He was not. He left the state um, before polls had closed. And um, there were lots of cameras, lots of uh, reporters there. Everyone walks in knowing that, you know, the candidate's not going to be there. When I walked in picking up my credentials, some of the Biden aides were, you know, hugging and looking kind of sad. I am at a Joe Bidenless Joe Biden primary night reception in a hotel bar. Well, you know, it's uh, slowly filled up. It's full of a lot of firefighters union members, uh, hardcore Biden supporters. And, you know, the mood was a bit funereal earlier, but, you know, people are drinking now and it's a little bit more festive. But, you know, there's a there people are trying to put the best face on a situation that's obviously uh, pretty grim as far as New Hampshire goes to the former vice president. There's Governor Lynch wearing his Biden. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the celebration of Joe Biden for President of the United States, because that's what we're here for. 
So Joe Biden, I know, because I've talked to him about it, he loves New Hampshire, absolutely loves New Hampshire, loves all of you, and he supports New Hampshire remaining first in the nation in terms of our presidential primary. It's an interesting situation where you have former Governor John Lynch taking to the podium and saying, you know, the sorts of things you'd expect, you know, we all love Joe, Joe loves you, Joe loves the first in the nation primary. You know, meanwhile, when Joe's competing in the first in the nation primary, when it doesn't look like it's going to go his way, he's on a plane to South Carolina. So I can sense it in the air. I know my big brother's around here someplace. So, uh, Joe, is there anything you want to say? A few things, Val. A few things. Let me begin by saying thank you, Valerie. You've been my best buddy my whole life, and uh, thanks for being there for Jill and me. And Governor Lynch, John, you, uh, you've been such an incredible... Valerie Biden-Owens, who's Joe Biden's sister and who's managed uh, many of his political campaigns, uh, takes a stage, addresses a crowd, thanks them for their support, makes a few remarks, and then she essentially pitches to a flat-screen TV where Joe and Jill Biden are standing in front of an American flag and... You know, it's got this fairly lo-fi kind of Skype feel, and they're there. They make some remarks to the crowd, thank them for their support, say they're going to be back. Like the the folks in that room, everyone from the former Supreme Court justice to ambassadors, all the people who have been there for us and we've been there for them for the years and years. I do love New Hampshire, and I mean it. And what Jill and I just want to thank you. Um, That screen goes dark. And, you know, there are other TVs at the front of the room where CNN is broadcasting. And about 25 minutes later, there's Joe Biden again, this time addressing supporters at his rally in South Carolina. You have no idea how great it is to be back in South Carolina. Great to be with you all tonight. All of you be here tonight. I, you know, I hope you I hope you love me as much as I love you guys. <laughs> the people of Nevada are watching, and uh, I want to make it clear we praise their diversity as a state, and I'm going to be out there seeing them very soon. Tonight, though, I, we just heard from the first two of 50 states, two of them. Not all the nation, not half the nation, not a quarter of the nation, not 10 percent, two, two. Now, where I come from, that's the opening bell, not the closing bell. I want you all to think of a number, 99.9%. That's the percentage of African-American voters who have not yet had a chance to vote in America. One more number, 99.8. That's the percent of Latino voters who haven't had a chance to vote. So when you hear all these pundits and experts, uh, cable TV talkers talk about the race, uh, tell them it ain't over, man. We're just getting started. I mean, how weird is it, though, to be in New Hampshire to have him talking to us from South Carolina? I think think he... He knows how to fish and cut bait. And if it wasn't really here, he went to try to get a leg up. Because guess where they're all going? <laughs> you know what I mean? So he, to me, he's got legs. 
he moved right down there to get the head start and to get it going we'll down see. there. We'll see. We'll see. Brilliant strategy, in my opinion. Okay, well, I'll pass that on if I talk to him. <laughs> All right, good to talk to you. You had this tension where you've got a lot of people in the room who are invested in New Hampshire politics who like the idea of our primary are in a position where their chosen candidate has done poorly in the primary and decided tactically that the smart thing to do is to like get out of town before the votes are counted to get a jump on people in South Carolina, but also to, you know, implicitly suggest that the results in New Hampshire, you know, shouldn't be something that should be really taken that seriously, um, you know, sort of discrediting the result by his absence, essentially. We've worked hard to examine the past and the present of the first in the nation presidential primary. But what the future holds for New Hampshire won't be clear until the dust settles. So stay subscribed. When we've got something new to report, we will let you know. Thanks to everybody for listening. This special election episode was produced by me, Jack Rodolico, Taylor Quimby, Maureen McMurray, and Josh Rogers. Thanks to everyone who pitched in for our original plan, especially Casey McDermott. Stranglehold is edited by Maureen McMurray and Dan Barrick. Our beautifully aggressive podcast graphics were created by our very own Sarah Plord. Original music by Jason Moon and Lucas Anderson. You can catch up on all of the episodes of Stranglehold when you subscribe to our podcast. Just go to strangleholdpodcast.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Stranglehold is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.